Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. I'm Sarah Weiss, and I'm your host, and so happy to introduce you to Carrie Hummingbird. She is a soul guide, a channel of White Eagle, and a social activist, leader, philanthropist, and is the host of Soul Nectar Podcast. Take a look at the notes and you'll be able to connect to her website and her podcast. She has some fabulous podcasts. She's an international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and the award-winning best-selling book, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love. Carrie's name, Hummingbird, her last name, is an acquired name and the result of her shamanic studies and initiations. She has walked the living into her wisdom path. She mentors women to rewrite the story of their lives through inner transformation, connection to essence, remembrance of purpose, and realignment to authenticity and truth. Today we are going to have a very interesting conversation that energetically is current to this very day. So everything we'll be discussing is about the new paradigm, the second wave, how the world is shifting and changing, and we'll introduce Carrie in a little of her background. So join me in welcoming Carrie Hummingbird. Welcome, Carrie. It's so delightful to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm really glad to be here. You know, Carrie is the host of the Soul Nectar podcast, and I recommend that everyone check out the link in the show notes and connect to her podcast. So she has some wonderful podcasts and wonderful energy. So today we're going to do kind of a little bit of let's catch up with who Carrie is and and what her path has been, because she's definitely a, a woman who has lived into her answers. She has authentically walked the path and is still continuing. So Carrie, maybe you can give us a little bit of background, whatever's coming to you to share with us about how you arrived where we are today. And then we're going to really take off on the energy of today. Okay? Beautiful. Well, so I arrived as a total surprise to my mother who was very conservative uh, woman from Midwest Texas, oil country, Bible Belt. And she had left that area to go to Dallas to the big city and married this guy who was really into the, the summer of love that was happening and drugs and sex and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so in that clash of worlds, here comes Carrie. <laughs> this little baby who's got a big spirit. And uh, so that that situation really unfolded for me a time where my mom was making decisions and some of those were pretty challenging and finding herself in a little mess and then um, needing to bring me along through that. And the thing about my mom is that she's very fierce. She has fierce love. So instead of looking the other way when my natural father was starting to abuse me sexually at one years old, mm. she, she left him. 
she found another partner because at that time it was really difficult to be a woman on your own with a child. So she found another partner and thought that was going to be really great. And then he turned out to be a violent drunk. And so she spent the next five years, you know, being abused. And, and I spent the next five years being scared. Mm. So that early childhood trauma uh, really played out in my life. So even though uh, my mom met husband number three when I was five, and he turned out to be the best dad in the world, the most amazing person, um, the most loving, the most compassionate, unconditionally giving person for 45 years in her life and in mine, um, uh, even though that happened, um, that, that early period really made a big impact in my psychological development. So that played out. That started playing out when I turned 15 and my sexuality started blossoming. Those ghosts started haunting and coming back. There was a lot of drama in my early teens. And I ended up in psychotherapy as a measure of trying to help me to sort through these things. And then that path continued for a couple decades, right, until, until it ran out of steam, until it really couldn't it could not get me where I needed to go. So 20 years into my own first marriage, um, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. And mm. I just can't, I can't cope with this psychology anymore. This like, this labels and, and diagnoses and this stigma. And that there's something wrong and broken with me deep inside that I can't fix. And I had to walk away from all of it because it, I was abusing myself. I was on the verge of, you know, causing a big disruption and, and negative impacts in my own children's lives who were very young at the time. And I, I could see where it was going and it wasn't going anywhere good. So I made the decision to walk out of the marriage and to leave psychotherapy and to just say, you know what, if I'm bad, I'm just going to be bad for a little while because I don't know what else to do. And in that space, you know, and, and I should say leading up to that, I, I did have a spirit message. One of the few spirit messages I had in the early part of my life, I saw the end of the rope and a very clear message. Like it was like a sign. Remember this message, end of the rope. That means next chapter. Okay. I got the message. I said, oh, that's next chapter. I need to leave. Sat down with my then husband and said, I got, I saw the end of the rope. He probably thought I was losing my mind, which I might've been, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's very possible. So I, I left. And, and in that space of not knowing what was going to happen, but just following this, this deep conviction, this sign, this, this sign that came and saying, okay, it's the end of the rope. What next? In that space, about six months later, dropped in my spiritual path. And so it started with a yogi, um, yoga master, whatever, in, in teaching yoga, vinyasa, and with Led Zeppelin playing in the background, because that's kind of where I was, you know, <laughs> I'll do this spirituality crap, but like, give me some Led Zeppelin, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and then that led into shamanic study and the pivotal moment there. And this is where really the story takes off in my new part of my life is that um, I met this teacher who taught shamanic principles. He taught a program, the quest for authenticity. And I thought, well, I really want some of that. <laughs> I want some authenticity. I don't think I have it. So I started this program. I started learning about the Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. This has been a very pivotal part of my path as well. And the most pivotal, though, was we got a healing. So each person in the program got to have a healing with him. And as I'm lying on the floor getting this healing and thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. 
I've been downgraded. Like I used to be on a couch. Now I'm on the floor. It's like probably <laughs> dirty. He's like drumming, you know, drumming. And my mind is just chattering away. And I remember what he said, you know, about presence, like just pay attention and just open the invitation. And so I said, okay, Carrie, remember what he said. What if this moment changes your whole life? What if? Let's just imagine that could be true. And I did that. I said, okay, I'm going to be quiet and see what if. And the moment I made that decision, he stopped drumming and I felt this loving presence come in over me. This beautiful, wise, more unconditional love than I'd ever felt, felt in my whole life came in over my body and he began working on me. Mm-hmm. And he finished by putting a little crystal in my hand and putting it over my heart and I burst into tears and I didn't know why. But later I found out he had returned my innocence to me. And so that moment taught me so much, that healing I remembered things. I remembered I'm not this body, but I am this body, but I'm not this body. I remembered I am all these little pieces. I'm not just one solid thing. I'm a lot of things. I remembered so much about the essence of life in that moment. And and then I thought to myself, this was 45 minutes and it changed my whole world. And I've spent decades struggling weekly in psychotherapy. Whatever this is, I don't even care what this is. I'm going to learn how to do this. And I'm going to do this for myself and other people. And that was the decision that really changed my life. Isn't that a testament to the all-pervading love that we actually live in and we don't even know it? I mean, in this Western world, we have no idea what is holding us. Because our minds are so busy, like I said, mm-hmm. my chattering mind. And I've had other encounters with it, like an ayahuasca ceremony where it really was blatantly obvious, this voice, this chattering voice, this chatterbox in my <laughs> head. But that it wasn't me. It was just a chatterbox. And I, I told ayahuasca, I said, can you please make that stop? <laughs> <laughs> what is, and what was the response? It went off. It stopped. Oh, and then I was able to go to sleep. <laughs> I was like, turn this thing off. Does it have volume control? Oh, oh, <laughs> the power of love. Oh, that's a rock, rock song, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a blessing. Whoa. Okay. And you've been on quite a journey ever since that moment. But I do, I just want to reemphasize that the, um, the, that sense of love un, until we feel that there's something that just can't open up quite all the way, right? I mean, it's, it's just an amazing power that we have within us that, oh my God, it, it can take a lifetime to open up, or you may not even feel it until you die. But having had a few near-death experiences, I was privileged to feel that early on. But wow, I mean, it's powerful. Yeah, and without it, you sort of, life is very hard without it. Mm-hmm. It's very hard without love. I had a recent experience um, where we were in medicine ceremony two nights, and the first night was the longest night ever. 
like 10 hours this one woman was going through stuff i'm like this is just too long you know there's a <laughs> lot of suffering happening here in this room and i and i was prompted to say at the integration next morning i said you know sometimes when you work that hard the next night is actually the medicine you know so you might want to stick around but she didn't leave she left but the rest of us we got the medicine because sure enough this medicine came through i got this message from god great spirit source whatever your word is you know it's all the same thing mm-hmm. that said carrie why do you think last night was such a struggle and why do you think so many people on the planet struggle and i said well because there's not love in the room because there's just like you can't do anything without love and then this presence said well why is there not love i said well i think it's a worth issue it's like not feeling worthy of love and so pushing it away because not feeling worthy it's like yeah you're getting closer well so where does that lack of worth come from and you know i'm not a big religious person but i had this remembrance of you know these stories about the angels judging humans as not worthy of love like why did you create these things and that came back to me and i thought oh i said you know what if i'm an angel of love because i kind of been told that before (laughs) too you know like we're all angels of love i believe i said but if i am an angel of love then i right now decide that every human being is worthy of love right now doesn't matter what you're doing what you did doesn't matter you're worthy of love right now and you're not here earning love you're here earning wisdom and the moment i just declared this inside my mind the whole room started lighting up with ecstasy like people were moaning and like all this love was coming in the room. <laughs> it was like just that decision you know just that decision on the heart of the on the part of the collective like we are all connected and we are all part of the same consciousness and so we can be blessing each other with this knowing all the time right and i think it would make life so much easier to have some love in the room wouldn't it it would, it would be huge <laughs> boom that's the teaching <laughs> I mean, it's hard enough. Like, can we just have love in the room and then let the wisdom be hard to earn? I mean, it already is hard to earn. So let's just like, let's be loving about it. I love it. I love it. What a wonderful teaching to have on this podcast. If we end right now, we've said the teaching that needs to happen. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, it's pretty much very simple. (laughs) Oh, and I forgot to invite you to open sacred space. So, but I think you just did it. (laughs) <laughs> just brought love in the room, right? Know, right. <laughs> okay. So within the context of this love, which I think that's what people are seeking on the spiritual path. I mean, that's, that's what's devoid. That's what the void is about in people's lives. So, so you took, wow, a multi-varied path through your learning and wisdom teachings. So maybe share with us a little bit about the teachers you worked with and those paths. Absolutely. So I, I've been on a quest for love, <laughs> she said. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first journey with it was, was psychotherapy, you know, as I mentioned. So right. psychotherapy was my first journey. And I was really just more cognitively understanding about things, but it didn't really hit the sweet spot until the healings started happening 
and the deeper connection of presence. And that I got from my shamanic training. So I studied with a local um, teacher here in Austin, Gary Starnes. Uh, he has a drums journey circle a lot of people are familiar with. And uh, he has a program called Quest for Authenticity. And so that introduced me to the Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. It introduced me to being in my body, listening to my body, paying attention to my different senses, and quieting my mind. And then also this idea that, there, that we're energy and that we're consciousness. So that was profound. And then that led into some training with Heather Ashimara, who is a protege of Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm. And she has a community and a teaching called Warrior Goddess. And back when I knew her, it was called uh, 13 Moons. So I trained with her and apprenticed with her for several years, maybe like five, six years. Took all of her classes, did everything. Learned how to firewalk train. And I was just fascinated by everything she had to say and offer. And I learned a lot from her about um, healing the feminine because I had some, some uh, you know, some ongoing struggles with the feminine in my life. I was really easy to talk to my dad but really hard to talk to my mom. Felt like every word got misinterpreted. So I had a lot of work to do there. So I trained with her. And then from there, I trained with the Four Winds, almost at the same time, too, the Four Winds Light Body School, Alberto Vialdo, who does a beautiful program integrating Indian shamanism into a Western consciousness so we can understand, like, how do they do that stuff? You know, what are they actually doing when they do a despacho? What are they really doing when they pray to spirit? So we learned that. That was profound. I mean, it's really mind-blowing. There's no plant medicine in that program, but boy, it's almost as if there is. It's very mind-blowing. So I did that program and really learned a lot. I'm a practitioner now of that. And then I'm not, you know, satiated yet. So then I studied with uh, Jose and Lena Stevens and Anna Stevens of the Power Path, another just wonderful program for shamanic study. Uh, I'm part of that community. I love that community. It's ongoing training. And uh, I've learned so much. I just actually just finished my basic practitioner training there. So going back to zero, you know, I don't know anything. Let me walk in and you tell me how, you know, how to do these healings. Like, what's the way? So I just surrendered everything and back to square one. I mean, not really, but, you know, but learning a whole new way of going about it. So, uh, so that's powerful. And then I just love to learn. So, I mean, I mean, anytime I, I get a chance to learn, I learn. I'm, I'm studying with another mentors are right now who um, teach about love they teach about presence and love and and healing the inner child and and bringing all of yourselves into congruence and um you know tracy trottenberg and george kansas and so many people haven't really heard of them necessarily but they are a very loving couple very versed in the language of love the conversations of love and so i've been learning that so i'm on a constant evolutionary path Sarah, I don't turn down opportunities to learn. You know, if I, whenever I can squeeze it in, I'm like right there. I want to learn. Fantastic. Okay. So then you have this other stream coming through you that you've integrated um, over the last several years, which is your relationship with White Eagle. You want to talk, talk about that? Yes. Because it's interesting. I mean, you've brought it to a point where it's not just channeling someone you and this unincorporated being guide have come to a very unique and beautiful type of relationship. Yes, he is a powerful force to be reckoned with as a, you know, I guess I am too. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> why would I be here? <laughs> but it, so, 
So the first thing I started learning about him was he started showing up in these little shamanic drum journeys that I would do. Um, I, I listened to Sandra Ingerman has beautiful drum journey music. And uh, one night in the tub, I was listening to one of those and I was just kind of blissed out in a, you know, expanded state. And then in my mind, in my third eye, that all of a sudden I start seeing this vision of this like telescope or something like coming closer and closer to me and I'm looking at it. And in the, in the vision of it, right in the center of it, getting bigger and bigger is this, is this uh, Native American chief with the feathers and everything all around his head, you know, <laughs> he comes in really close and he says, open the suns in their hearts. <laughs> and then he leaves. And I'm like, wait a second, what does that mean? And who are you? And I don't, I don't know what just happened. So I start looking it up and I notice, oh, well, that's a, that looks like a Cherokee headdress. And I know I have Cherokee in my, in my history. So I was, you know, I knew what to search for. So I, okay, well, maybe this is an ancestor. So I ended up just kind of noticing that. And then these little moments of connection would just happen and happen and happen. And then on my quest to, um, to find out my Cherokee roots, because it, you know, a lot of people have experienced this where you don't have access to the roles or like your, your ancestor changed their name. And that was the case where my ancestor changed her name so she could pass for white. She married a white man and left the tribe. So I went and, um, to the Cherokee Nation, to um, to the Smoky Mountains, looking for an answer, like how do I get connected with my ancestry? And when I went to the Cherokee Akanalofti village, um, the first time I went, I got no answers. I asked everyone, and I got nowhere. Two years later, I went, my sons in tow, and I asked again. And I think by now I'm fairly desperate, and I'm crying. You know, to be quite honest, I'm like I really need to be connected. I don't know who's going to help me. So I, I get led to this man called Bruce, who was only there for the day, of course, you know, just, just happened to be there for the day. And he said, I think I can help you. Why don't you go, you know, meet me in the parking lot. So uh, as I'm leaving to go to the parking lot, all of a sudden I feel this huge, like softball sized energy, like it's flung into the back of my head, like where my head meets my neck. And all of a sudden it starts expanding. Um, I feel really strange, I'm dizzy, I have to sit down. And this energy is just pulsating and moving through my whole head and into my body. And I don't know what it is. And that moment began a journey with this peace chief, this medicine man on the Trail of Tears. I started hearing him in my voice, in my head. I started feeling him. Um, I would just have memories of the Trail of Tears and, and the grief was profound. I would just burst into tears if I talked about it. I can still feel the emotion there, but, um, but I, can, I, can, I can talk through it now, whereas before I wouldn't be able to. Um, and, and I just began this journey of healing with him. So I used every tool I could. I, I used autonomic writing, I listened, I felt, I noticed what visions came. Um, and, and more and more, this aspect just started teaching me, like, you've, you don't know how to honor yourself as a woman. And I could agree with that. I didn't know how. And he says, I'm going to teach you how to do that. And I realized that we were in an exchange, like he was teaching me the older ways of how to honor myself as a woman. Because in the Cherokee culture, women were very revered and honored, not like it is in the Western culture. 
And so I was learning these lessons. At the same time, I was devoting myself to healing his pain. And so we, I would take myself to, you know, healing sessions and we would do healings on this. And this whole time I'm wondering, you know, who is this? Like, is this an ancestor? Is this me in another life? Is this, you know, my brain is trying to understand this whole thing. And at the end of the day, what I finally realized, this is just a really interesting thing, is that White Eagle is this he is this peace chief, peace chief, white eagle peace chief, the Cherokee always had this in their tribe. And so in some ways I was that I was white eagle. And in some ways I'm white eagles, like great, 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 great granddaughter, you know? Mm -hmm. And in some ways I am, I am white eagle now revisited into this body to be that, to heal the lineage. And in some ways I'm white eagle, this ascended master, you know, that's that channels rainbow light. And in some ways, I'm just part of this essence. So it's so it, it, when you try to grasp it, it pulls away. Right. But but that's the multidimensional aspect of our being. We are all that. Exactly. And so um, so this has been really profound for me. And I right before I published. So last year, I channeled this book called The Second Wave. And I didn't know who was talking to me about this book. I just still didn't get it. Like I still didn't understand. <laughs> but I just, it just, the voice I heard said, just say it's the great spirit. I was like, okay. Well, then I could hold books done. It's ready to go. It's going to be launched in a week. And I, I go into a plant medicine journey for the, for a night. And in the middle of that journey, it's so powerful that I, I actually end up face to face with White Eagle the way he looked in my mind sitting right in front of me. And he says, I need to connect some dots for you because you forgot some things and you haven't really put all the pieces together. So let me connect the dots. And so we actually sat there and just connected every single dot of everything he showed me, including moments with my dad, who was also an aspect of white Eagle sent to protect me while I was growing up. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> very profound to me how all of these can be true at the same time mm -hmm. and uh so so at, at the, the culmination of that ceremony i realized oh well this is actually white eagle's book you know and i'm channeling it as carrie so i changed the cover you know i said well this is white eagle and apparently some other people had heard about white eagle which i didn't know either so that was news to me so all of this is really um it's a journey. It's a, it's a fascinating journey. It keeps unfolding my understanding of, of, of this phenomenon. But one of the things I know that it's here for me with this integration is not just the masculine and the feminine, because obviously integrating the masculine and feminine energies is something we're all working on right now. So I'm in a feminine body and now I'm integrated with this masculine um, presence from another lifetime. And that's etheric somehow. And this presence is really helping me to be more strong as a woman, to be, to be in my strength, because I didn't have such a strength before this integration happened. And also, it's an integration of, of um, different cultures and, and the big healing, because um, in this body, I have Cherokee, but I also have Celtic ancestors. I have white European ancestors. And so there are there's a lot of healing to be done in the relationship between Native Americans and Europeans. And so here I'm in a body that's facilitating that. And I know there are many of us right now on the planet that are having the same journey. 
to heal these lineages from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And so when I was told like, oh, you're going to go out there with your drum and do all this. And I thought, oh, I don't think I should be doing that. It feels like appropriation or I don't want to offend people. And, and this message I got from this chief from White Eagle was like, no, this is the plan because the earth is for all people. And we need to remember that. And the native indigenous people actually had some things very correct. And so we need to practice that. We need to teach it and practice it and claim it as our own so we can love the earth again. And so if anybody gives you any trouble, ask them if they're talking to their ancestors, because if they're talking to their ancestors, they know what's happening. Wow. Yay. That's a, a good way of um, feeling comfortable with it, because I, I believe everyone's indigenous. Here we are born on this earth and but we're, we're not fully here unless we're connected to all the aspects of earth and consciousness. We can't possibly fragment it into little tiny thought bubbles. It's uh, got to be full and whole and integrated. And you're communicating that with your energy as you're speaking. Mm -hmm. And so people who are trying to follow this sentence by sentence, just relax and and let the energy of this wholeness beyond the fragmentation of words come through to you because Carrie's doing a beautiful uh, job of creating that experience for us on the podcast. Oh, I'm so glad you could feel that. Very, very much so. I really appreciate it. Um, can we backtrack a little bit about your work with the feminine um, and why it was so challenging why it can, why it can be so challenging for women to relate to women and how how we've been um, pitted against each other in a way through the popular culture so that we lose that sense of sisterhood and and learning about the feminine and mother earth and the I feel like I can't live without the the spirit of the goddess and the Mother Earth. Well, this is the mother wound. Mm -hmm. And this mother wound was an experiment, right? So, the, you know, the Lakota have this really um, beautiful uh, story of, of white buffalo calf women coming and telling them, listen, you need to honor your women, you need to honor your children, and I'll be back and I'll see if you did it. You know, basically, it's a short version of that story. Um, well, we decided to run this experiment, apparently, because I believe we're a collective, and this is a mm -hmm. school, and so we're learning, right? We run this experiment. What happens when you disempower and, you know, treat women really poorly and subjugate them and demolish the matriarchal uh, fabric of society? What happens? So now we're at the very edge of seeing what happens when you do that. Mm-hmm. When you do that, everything falls apart. It becomes masculine penetration, claiming, I want, I want, without a lot of um, consideration of all the facets, without that, without that web of connection, without the wisdom of the medicine women. You end up in a situation where here, where the earth is in balance and having to make a decision about her uh, continued survival or us. And this experiment's happened a, a few times, you know, this is the, <laughs> we're, I think the fifth extinction, you know, that we're facing, 
So we, you know, this is why the indigenous people are really upset because they know this, they're tapped into the earth, they're connected, They've, they know the divine mother, they, they, they work with her, they worship her, they worship the earth, and, and they worship their bodies. They say, this is an integration of, the, of this ephemeral divine that, that everyone talks about, you know, that everyone's familiar with God and, or the universe, that, but also the divine mother. And we mistreat her. We mistreat our bodies. We mistreat ourselves and we mistreat her because we have the mother wound. And so we need to heal that now. And the, the experience of being a woman, I can just speak for myself and, you know, I'll let everyone decide for themselves how they feel. But a woman as a mother in this time, my experience has been even being disrespected by my own mother being disrespected by my husband, my wisdom as a mother, and, you know, being um, basically wanting to be, my husband just, my the, the, my father and my children just kind of wanted me to be a Barbie, you know, just wanted me to be attractive arm piece that brought in a lot of money and uh, so we could have fun and just party. Now, that wasn't fulfilling for me after a while, Sarah. That really dragged on me. And that just, it made it, it's like there was something greater calling me. And the longer I dwelled in the shallowness, the more it hurt me. So when I finally made that leap and I said, there's something bigger calling me, I don't even know what it is, but that's the end of the rope. This other door opened up. And what's happened is I've learned to go to the deep. I've learned to listen. I've learned to open up my whole, like every cell of my body to receive. I've learned how to say thank you, to be grateful, no matter what. And I've had some pretty crappy stuff happen, you know, on this journey, but I've learned to be grateful for it. The wisdom I get, you know? Mm-hmm. So Carrie, uh, this material um, about Buffalo Calf Woman and White Eagle is coming together in a new book that you're writing now? The new book is uh, Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. Ah, and your fierce mother. My mother channeling. is fierce. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, as a sensitive child, that was, you know, a lot. <laughs> Uh, to go through those early experiences and to and then to be with a mother who was so fierce she is a fierce person she doesn't see herself that way you know she sees herself as powerless or kind or whatever the word she would use to describe or I just don't know or I feel small but she's not she's powerful and <laughs> she's you know that's really one of the issues Sarah is that is our self-concept you know when we really know who we are and we step into our wisdom and we and we pay attention we know we know our bodies are telling us the right thing especially a mother's heart our bodies are telling us the right thing we know what to do and yet women keep waiting for someone to tell them who they are and that's you know if you wait for someone to tell you who you are or you wait for someone to respect you that's why we have these, these traditions. Like, why do we have to have Mother's Day? <laughs> because 
women don't respect themselves. And so we need a holiday that says, oh, by the way, you know, respect your mother so she feels like respected, you know, because <laughs> she's not respecting herself. So we need a whole holiday once a year so she can respect herself. You know, I, I, I lived that way. I depended on that and really offended if it didn't happen the right way, right, for so long. You didn't get your flowers and candy on that day. If I didn't get, you know, and the last time I did this was a few years ago with my sons. And it was such a torture because neither, they're like teenage, you know, boys. Neither one of them really wanted to be there. And I got it. I was like, this is such a hoax. <laughs> this is such a hoax. I don't need this. I know who I am. Wow. How much you have shed and how much you revealed you've revealed of yourself in this lifetime. So in this new book, can you t share a little bit more about what's going on in this book and what's coming through? Yeah, so the real, the real transformation uh, that we are invited to is to heal the mother wound. And even if you think, oh, well, I don't have that, that's not happening. Oh, yes, just be, mm -hmm. just take a look, you know. Be willing to look in the shadows. Be willing to see the shadows because it's all over our culture. The effects of the mother wound are everywhere. And we need to heal this in ourselves. And then as we heal this in ourselves and, you know, the opportunity is to become a whole earth mother or to have a whole earth mother inside of you as your mother figure because, of course, every single one of us has a mother. And we all have the bigger mother too, the divine mother. And so when we open up to that support and we realize this presence, the divine mother is in everything. Mm -hmm. She, okay, your body is made of her. So how do you think that she doesn't know what's going on with you? You're made of her. So she knows, she knows what's going on. You can't lie. There's a certain point in this feminine approach to healing the mother wound where we we shift from our biological mother to Mother Earth mm -hmm. and the Great Mother. And to me, that's the path to healing this mother womb because every human being is imperfect. We're never going to get that, quote, love, that all-pervading love, usually from a human being. If they don't have it themselves, they don't have it to give. And yet we're built to look for that, to need it, to seek it. And we can get it. It's there. It's right there. It's mm -hmm. in our bodies. We're made of her. She didn't leave us. Mm -hmm. She created us and she's right here with us. As a matter of fact, like that's why every little ache in your body, every little pain, every little impulse, every little voice, all of it, it's all her. <laughs> so you're never alone. Like what greater love is that? It's beautiful. You know, do you have a way that you connect with that? in yourself that you could lead us through right now maybe absolutely well it starts with really connecting in this idea that divine mother lives in every single cell of your body and so just take a moment and realize that just close your eyes and just feel and take a breath And just invite Divine Mother, let me know in whatever way you, you can that you are here with me in every cell of my being. 
And just notice if you feel a lightness, a warmth, a radiance, a flowering. And just let that expand. And then in the book, one of the things that is offered is an external representation of this. Because a lot of times, if there's a lot of mental chatter, it's hard to get to this space of just perceiving and feeling and dropping in like we just did. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to externally represent things. So in the book, there's a ritual for an earth mandala that... When you create it for yourself on the earth, you invite the Divine Mother to start working with you. And then she works with you as you work on this earth painting. And this can go on for months. You know, you can keep working on this earth painting as long as you want. And then at some point, the healing, it seeps into your heart. And you realize you're loved. And it's a beautiful practice. It's a beautiful gift. Of course, I was the first uh, one to do it because I was given it for the book. And I can say it's a miracle. I mean, a really powerful how it feels. And I would visit it every day and put a little more tobacco on there, you know, make a tobacco offering or put some more little flowers around it just to, with my intentions, put a little agua farita on it with some prayers. And just gratitude, like, thank you for showing me that you were always here. I was never without a mother. And I had a mother that did her best, a physical mom. But nobody does it like the Divine Mother. There is no substitute. There really isn't. There is no. It's only her. So, like, we're all just doing our best to emulate the Master. Can you forgive us, please? And can we forgive ourselves? Mm-hmm. We're doing our best to learn. She's the master. She's teaching us. It's nice to appreciate the space that you're creating. Even if it's, if it's a little silence on the podcast and the people who are listening can join us in that silence, there's a huge potency in that. So when do you think your book will be out and about? This fall. (laughs) (laughs) It's just about done. I, you know, because I was writing a dedication to my mother for the book. Because I know you know, Sarah, how we mothers are. Mm -hmm. We're sensitive. We get our feelings hurt. You know, if we feel criticized or we feel like there's something that ooh, now people are going to think this about me or my child thinks this about me. It's really hard. So I've been very, um, boy, conflicted because I love my mother. And I love myself. And I love humanity and I love the earth. 
And this message is coming through me for everyone. And so I don't want to have to choose who do I love more. I don't want to have to take sides. I want to bring the message forward that's coming through my heart. And I want to bring it with love and compassion. And some of that is fierce love is fierce truth. And truth is, you know, sometimes truth hurts. But when we get to the other side of the truth, we come into right relationship. And then we all get what we actually wanted. We get a happy, healthy home with a happy, healthy family. And will we fight? Will we learn? Yes. But we'll be doing it from another place than we've been doing it. Because as we said, it's really hard to learn these earth school lessons without love. Yes. And as we begin to weave the feminine back into the fabric of our lives, like you mentioned, our whole world is going to change. And even though it looks kind of a little crazy right now, I feel like there's going to be a beautiful outcome ultimately. How are you feeling about it? Well, I know that it is. Mm -hmm. I know that it is as we all courageously take the inspired steps we're called to take. And so every one of us plays a role in this. It's not, there's no savior. There's, you know, I love Jesus and Jesus did a great job emulating, demonstrating. Now it's for each one of us to take on that challenge, to become love masters. Mm. That's on each one of us now. And as we make that commitment and as we do that, now we open up a new potential for earth, but we got to get, you know, out of this habit of telling the old wounded story and seeing the world through those eyes. Mm -hmm. Got to be willing to shift the assemblage point, that window of perception that we each have into a more beneficial direction guided by love. And so that's why the reconnection with the earth is so important. Because as we reconnect our hearts to the earth, as we remember, oh, that's right, I can never hide from the Divine Mother, so there's no point in trying. You know, as we, <laughs> Can't hide behind a shadow. I mean, come on, <laughs> she's everywhere. So, so as we realize that and remember that, then it gets simpler. Because we're not trying to deny anything. We can't deny it. It's the denial that's caused the separation. Mm-hmm. That gets tiring after a while, it's doesn't so it? It's so old. It's pretty boring, actually. <laughs> and it's really not, you know, I think maybe some egos feel like, well, it's just more exciting. You know, um, they might feel like we all know where we're going and I'm going to live it up until my very last moment, right? <laughs> In the human drama. Right. And, you know, that's a choice. We're all conscious beings of choice. We can choose, but... I'd rather be basking in the sunlight of love than drowning in a drench and sea of suffering. That's just me, but that's my choice. Okay. Well, as we come to a close here on the podcast, um, you have a offering, a free offering for our listeners. I do. It, you do. It's, tell us about it's it. It's an Oracle game. So it's not the kind of Oracle game that tells you what's going to happen. It tells you more like, insights into why it's happening. So it's called the Love Mastery Game. And it brings in Earth allies 
like the four directions, tobacco, things like this that have potent medicine for you. And it also has some aspects that tell you, well, what's my challenge? What am I learning? What's my love mastery principle I'm learning? What's my state of being I'm learning how to master? And as you roll the dice, you can, because you can print out the sheets, you just print them out, you get a 12-sided dice, and you just roll it, you come up with your answers. So it takes the, you know, it takes the ego out of it, the overthinking, you just roll the dice, here's the message. And now use your intuition and feel into what is that telling you about your challenge? What are you learning? Because we are here learning and and we're learning about love mastery <laughs> so you know that's the whole gig so we're learning about that and it's a fun game fun way to do it okay so we are coming to the end of the podcast and our listeners are left with the challenge to become love masters to follow their hearts and reweave the divine feminine and heal the mother wound and You've left us with so many beautiful teachings, Carrie. It's such a pleasure, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Sarah, for having me, and thank you to everyone out there. I love you so much. Blessings all. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.